Two elementary school age girls walked out to the back shed where their dad was working on a flying saucer. The dad put down his alchemy torch. Dinner already, he asked. The older daughter said, no, we ate last month, silly. We're working on a math problem. And I know you said to try and figure it out first or start name calling strangers until the answer came, but we're still stuck. The dad lit the shed on fire and they all exploded out. When they woke up from the blast, he said, okay, still stuck? The daughter said, yes. The flying saucer floated out of the smoldering shed, scratchless and shiny, and a door opened and vacuumed them in. Inside seated, the dad said, okay, I don't think the psychic spies from China can hear now. What's on your mind? The younger daughter who could not talk said, how can God love the world in John 3.16 so much, but in the first letter of John 2.15, we're commanded not to love the world or else we don't love God. The dad said, same word, world, which should have been two different words. It would have been a world of difference. Most of the time, world means bad. Let's deal with the rule before. Both daughters started to slump in their chair and eyes rolled back. He threw a qual bear at each of them. The mute one said, dad, and threw the qual bear back at him. The koala bear hugged his neck and whispered up his nose. It's sleep-inducing when you talk like one of those theologians and not like an actual biblical character. Jesus never said, let's count how many times this word means X versus Y in the Bible. When you're boring, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Just man's boring reason. So maybe drop that. Or this UFO will crash because it can't round on human reasoning either. The dad said, I was just going to say, let's first establish the word world usually means negative. But in John 3.16, unfortunately, the most popular verse, world, is something positive. The flying saucer started to drop like an elevator. The girls in the koala bear started praying, please God help our dad to let go of his human reasoning and trust in you and your power. The dad got on his knees and the UFO stabilized. The dad on his knees said, when God is talking, the world means everyone and everything that chooses to be in rebellion with God. God is so loving, he wants to forgive the people who choose to surrender from the rebellion and accept his pardon and be drafted back into the eternal family. The UFO started to lose altitude and was shaking. The girl said, we don't understand. Still, it's still too shapeless. The dad wiped sweat from his forehead and said, the world is like an ad. Not a blatant lie, but not the whole truth. The satisfaction it tantalizes will be fleeting. Its objective isn't truth. Its objective is to get you to buy it. God hates ads and advertisements. The serpent created them. God didn't die on a cross because he loves ads, but for the people who will be suckered by them. God doesn't want you to love the world because you will fall for its advertisements an immortal, happy life without him. God can deal with the madman Agent Smiths because he can stomp out their tricks. If you're not born again like Neo with the Holy Ghost in you, you can't. And it's better to run from the ad agents than be captured and have your mind run by them. The devil created this rebellion. In the Garden of Eden, when the serpent gave Eve the first ad ever to eat the forbidden fruit, he started his own house party. The house was built on a volcano. 
The devil is panicking, knowing when the volcano becomes active, his house will fall in the lake of fire. He's to be judged. So he does everything he can to keep it going, using us to experiment on how to create any power source or make new materials or travel off this cursed house. To keep us as slaves to his sin, he has to keep us distracted to not ask what came before, what comes after. He has to get us fixed on the now so we won't ask about what is outside of this house. In order to get us constantly rebuilding his falling apart house, we have to be invested in it too. Koala Bear pulled out his wallet with photos of koala bears in cages around the globe, forced into making smartphones. The koala said, shouldn't we try to do what we can to make the world better, like end the koala bear slave trade? The dad said, okay, let's go. They flew to China, where the koalas were in factory after factory, using their little paws to make smartphones for people around the world to look at all day and be enslaved by. The dad flew, the girls and the koala crawled out in the saucer. They pulled out a koala bear magnet and started to pull the koala from the chains at the workstations. The koala bears, all holding hands, went up like a kite string to the saucer. The dad kept flying higher. A politician and a pastor started pulling on the koala closest to the ground. The saucer started to nosedive. The politician and pastor got out a bunch of regulation rope and started to sling it like a spider's web to the saucer. The girls knocked on the saucer and the dad came out. The saucer was falling. The dad said this is the hardest part, where most souls depart. The problem of evil. The world has more gravity than us, and often when people try to use their power to move the world, it pulls them in. The girls said, but I thought if we had faith, we could move a mountain. The dad said, right, let's pray. They hit their knees and the saucer started to rise again. The politician and the pastor climbed up on the bodies of dangling koalas. The politician said, do you have a permit for that koala bear magnet? The family kept praying. The politician pulled out a sword and raised above the dad's head and said, if you don't answer, you're resisting arrest. The pastor said, wait, politician. I can reason with these God-fearing people. I am a conservative and a Christian. The pastor said, Put the magnet down, we can work with the politician and make life better for the koalas. Right, politician? The politician said, yes, absolutely. You're doing God's work, pastor, bringing heaven down to earth. The pastor said, so you will land this flying saucer and apologize to the koalas you lifted up. The dad said, no. The pastor pulled out a Bible and shoved it in the dad's mouth and gagged it to the back of the dad's neck. The pastor said, now you have God's words coming out of your mouth. I know the Bible better than you. Shouldn't we work with the politician and make the lives of all koalas better to be the good Samaritan? Doesn't God command we obey the government? And this helps our witness by showing that we are pro-koala bears' lives improving. Then he chopped the dad's head off. The younger daughter said, that was not very nice what you did to my dad. The older daughter said, yeah, how will the koala's lives be better. They make phones that enslave others throughout the world. The younger said, God didn't need a phone to talk to people in the past. The older said, we wanted phones too, for games and videos and to take photos. When you have a smartphone, you just get a lot more ads and a lot more likely to block God. A smartphone is just lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life wrapped up in one. 
Maybe I can't put my finger on how the politician is deceiving, and either I trust Jesus that utopia doesn't happen till he comes back and throws out the trash, or I forget the whole book. If you are this friendly with the world, then the book you say you're an expert in says you must be an enemy of God. The pastor said to the girls, you're an embarrassment to the faith. This is the kind of talk that turns people off from God. How dare you insult a smartphone or a politician? God's fingers on earth. Mr. Politician, I'm sorry they don't speak for God, but from the devil. I say chain them up. If they don't want to make smartphones, then they can't eat. That's what my Bible says. The pastor gagged the girls with Bibles and put Bluetooth headphones in their ears. Now, you will listen to my sermons teach you what the Word of God really says about everything. Then maybe you'll repent and be saved.